This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. I host the radio show. Used to be on the Commander's Beat. Logan, well, he played games in the NFL. Now we both sit here and talk into these microphones. Uh, Logan, huge win for the Commanders. 23-21 over Green Bay. This is the part of the week where we break it down in depth. Uh, and let's start Let's start with the quarterback uh, because the narrative, I feel like, it, it was funny. So earlier today, a uh, taped interview with Zaire Franklin, who is the all-everything linebacker for the Colts right now, stepping in uh, and just, you know, leading the NFL in tackles, uh, you know, supplementing what Shaquille Leonard uh, usually de- does. Right. Uh, but he was talking about the media and he's like, all due respect, but y'all love a narrative. Y'all love to ride the wave. And I was like, yeah, yeah you're right. I don't true. do that. I try to I try to stay pretty even keel, but I don't always succeed. And it's definitely true that the media at large tends to tends to run with certain things. And the narrative, I think, is that Taylor was okay. Like, eh, yeah. like I, I saw JP tweeting out the other day, which is something that is true, is like, let's let's relax on like Taylor's also the savior, you know, the right. high and the low, because at halftime, everyone thought that uh Sam Howell was gonna be playing by mid-third quarter. Sure. And uh, the reality is uh, Taylor Taylor played the full game and, and figured some things out. And uh, upon watching the tape, I think you, you've come to the conclusion that he played perhaps even better than people realized initially. Yeah, I mean, I th- so I understand. I, like, I was watching the game with everybody else, and the first half of that game was tough. I think it, during stretches he um, – you know, I think there was the the first ball to Curtis Samuel even right at the gate is kind of behind and in a tough spot and he drops it. The next play is to Terry on a kind of a scissors concept. So he's Terry's running a quarter. Cam Sims is running a clear and there's three dudes at the ball. Obviously the pick and I think the pick is a little bit under like maybe not his fault. Um, you know, what's his name? Rashawn Gary hits his arm while he's throwing the football and I get it like the the thing that stood out to me anyways when I watched those first seven plays back is he's making the right read. Like mm-hmm. the, the decision to go to McKissick is correct. The decision to go to Terry on that deep end cut that's kind of behind him while he's getting hit, that's the correct read. And I think that whole process, I'm like, that's all good stuff. That's stuff that the offense was lacking before. And then I think you see kind of the value that he brings to the offense in the second half of that football game of just keeping the offense off on schedule and helping out the offensive line. I mean, it was – you know, I don't want to overstate it, but like he really elevated that group. You know, he's, you know, the the first um, second down of the third of the the third quarter, he hits the check down to um, Brian Robinson for a first down, like that type of stuff. He works through his whole progression, gets the ball to Brian Robinson, it's first down. Then there's other plays that really stick out to you, and I think you know, like there's a um, a third and five where 
uh, Sadiq Charles loses right now at the line of scrimmage. He ducks that. He works to his right. He runs away from uh, Kenny Clark, who's coming to tackle him. He sees uh, Armani Rogers open on the mesh and completes the ball. And I hate to like be drawing comparisons to Carson, but that's if Carson's in the game, that's a sack probably, mm-hmm. right? And I think there was, when you go back and watch it, I think I tallied him up. There was seven plays where there's a free rusher or a, approximately a free rusher that would have resulted in a sack. I felt like if Carson was playing, just because, you know, Carson doesn't throw with the same kind of anticipation or he hasn't been, and he's also been having a hard time, you know, with moving in the pocket. And for, for Taylor to do that stuff, and, and convert those third downs. And even there was a play in the red zone where they run the same blitz that Chicago ran. They have a five-man front. Devondre Campbell blitzes the right A-gap. It's essentially a free run of the quarterback. Taylor identifies it, lose a little, loses a little bit of ground to his left, and Terry's running a mesh concept. They're crossing, and right when he throws the football, Terry is completely stacked over defenders and the other mesh guy. And then the ball comes out, and Terry runs to the ball and it's a gain of four, but instead of being second and 15, it's second and six in the red zone and you're going, going into score. So I think like those types of plays are, again, were a big deal. Just his anticipation. Like, you know, everyone's kind of making fun of the throw to Terry at the end of the game and like the third and nine, like that there's a dude in his lap. It's a crazy throw, crazy throw, great anticipation. And again, understanding like people say, Oh, he's, he's got his eyes closed when he's making a throw. He understands how the concept is supposed to hold coverage. So that's where the ball to my eye is supposed to go. He knows that your best player on offense is, is in a matchup there, throw the football. Right. And so I think like fans say, Oh, and in the national media, like PFF was crushed in this morning saying it was a terrible game, not saying he played a perfect game, but he elevated this offense and people look at the rushing statistics and they say, Oh my gosh, look at, you know, we had 36 carries and this is how, this is what it takes to win. You don't get 36 carries in an offense if you're not converting third down. And you looked up a statistic that was crazy. It was like, I forget what it was. It was like four of six. On- yeah. So, he, so basically we looked up uh, again, our, our friends at true media and, and, uh, are able to help us sort out this data. So through the first seven weeks total on third and seven plus, the commanders had uh, only converted through the air seven times. And that's in a lot of attempts. Let's see. That's 10, 16, 26, 29, 30 attempts. Six out of 30. So there's there's seven, seven out of 30, and they actually you. completed. Uh, against Green Bay, they are four of six with all four going for first downs. So there's there's four completions on six attempts, and every single completion is for a first down. And that is even like Carson's best game uh, was probably Jacksonville, and he goes six of six on the completions, but only four of them are four first downs. And like consistently, the, the completion percentage numbers are okay um, in all of these situations, but very rarely, like against Dallas, he completes five of 10 on third down and seven plus, but only two of them go for first downs. So you talk about making the right decision, executing within the timing of an offense to give your guys a chance. And Taylor does that time and time again in bad situations. Like they, and by the way, they were in better situations a lot more often. Um, But they also, when they got in bad situations, like his understanding of the offense, I think really shined through. Yeah, and again, like I'm not saying he carried the team, but like you like you said, the understanding of the offense, the anticipation required to make some of those throws. I mean, it was it was next level his ability to kind of move around. Like there was another play, it was third and 11, 
right? The Green Bay Packers come out, they played drop eight. You know, everyone should be familiar with drop eight after our conversation about the Tennessee game, right? But they basically are playing mm. two man with a spy on Taylor, three man rush, and two safeties deep. And so you can tell from his first drop that he knows it's drop eight. And he is being very patient. He knows it's man. He knows it's a three-man rush. And the demeanor of his drop changes. He finds his best matchup versus man-to-man coverage. It's Curtis on kind of a 10-yard bump the linebacker and pop out. I call it an attack route. And he just delivers. It to, the ball's high. Again, the accuracy issues are there. You see him. But the ball's on time. He understands. He's throwing with anticipation. And he understands the coverage, right? He understands what the defense is trying to do to stop him. And I just look at that and I say to myself, like, that that is a big deal for this offense moving forward. And again, right. are they gonna are they gonna be able to beat the the Buffalo Bills with this? Probably not. But again, is is this enough to beat the Indianapolis Colts? Yeah, I think so. And who? Which is like, we'll talk about this later in the week. But that's a very good defense right now. They're playing mm-hmm. at a high level. But I guess like that's that's what I'm saying is like this is a a performance that is statistically maybe not going to show up for a lot of people. But if you look at this down by down, especially the second half. He's elevating the offensive line. He's elevating the receivers. He's being kind of that point guard facilitator guy. And again, like that stuff is huge, quite frankly. So three things that I noticed from the game that I want to run by you, and we, we've touched on some of them already. So I, I'm glad, uh, you know, on a, on a personal level, I'm glad that my eyes were not deceiving. But there's, there's three things that I think really stood out for Heineke. One is the anticipation, which we've talked about. Like his ability to, like you see some of these slow motion replays where, you know, it's like real speed. They slow it down as the receiver's about to come out of the route and then slow-mo through the catch and they speed it back up, right? Right. And you can see the ball coming out as it's in slow motion as the receiver is coming out of his break. And so often with Wentz, that would happen. And you'd see it on film. You'd see it on the TV copy. You'd see it on whatever. Uh, The receiver's open now. When, the, when he comes out of his break and that window closes like that. So by the time Wentz sees it and throws it, it's an incompletion or it's a contested catch or a con- more often a contested incompletion because the guy gets drilled as he gets there versus ball is getting there as the guy comes open and it comes out of his break, ball is caught, and maybe even you get some yak if it's a nice and accurate throw. It's not always the case, but that is what it is, which leads me to point number two. Uh, his mechanics can get really sloppy. Yes. And I think that is something that if he can be more consistent, he will have less of these floaty balls. His ball will have more consistent NFL caliber zip on it. Classic um, floaty he ball. will. Yeah. You can't, you hate, hate it when you got the floaty ball syndrome. Um, but he, he would have less of that, uh, which also I think creates potential more turnover worthy plays. Some of these balls hang in the air forever. And if mm-hmm. a guy can read it, um, he can get there. The anticipation helps though, because you know, the play is designed in a certain timing. And if he, he often, I do think understands the coverage in a way that he can throw with the ball in the air a little bit longer, but understand that he's not putting it in harm's way, even though it might give the rest of us watching on TV, a heart attack, uh, cause we don't have that information in real time. And yeah. he does. Um, so like that's, that is a credit to him. Um, but also some of the inaccuracies I think come from, I don't want to call them lazy in terms of like intent. Like, I don't think it's an, it's a, oh, I don't care, lackluster thing, lackadaisical, but lazy mechanics where he's throwing off his back foot, throwing sidearm, doesn't have his base beneath him. Um, and then the and, third and, thing, too, just real quick. I, can I, I think elaborate goes, on that for a second? The, well, I, the third yeah, thing goes go with it, too, though, is his mobility in the pocket made a huge difference. And you talk about yeah. the elevation of the offensive line, and some of the mechanical stuff is when he's running around, 
And if he would take a half beat to reset, he'd be more accurate. Um, but I do think the, the the mobility in the pocket compared to what it was with Wentz. Wentz is sacked seven, eight times in this game. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Taylor sacked one one time for three yards. Yeah, and I think to your point, the offensive line, I don't want to say they played bad, but they did like they, we knew this group for Green Bay was a good bunch of pass rushers, and that showed up. And I think some of his mechanic stuff, you know, I'm maybe giving him the benefit of the doubt here, comes mm-hmm. from being under a lot of pressure. Like there's so many throws in this game where there's a dude right at his legs, right in his lap, and he's kind of falling out of that hit. And again, there's times where it's a clean pocket and he's doing the same thing. But I do think that that's something that's critical to be aware of is just like that that the O-line the, is not pass protecting at a high level at the moment. You know, spe- specifically Sadiq Charles had a tough time. You know, Norwell I thought played much better this week but gave up a couple like quick. So the worst thing you can do as an offensive lineman is give up a quick win. And there was a couple of those that just came up you know, and they happen too frequently. Lucas had one on Rashad Gary. Like, again, that stuff just comes up. And uh, and it's hard to kind of maintain consistent mechanics, I would imagine, as a quarterback in those situations. So I think no doubt. that's a By huge By the way, he threw thing. under pressure, uh, according to, to PFF and True Media, uh, 16 attempts of his, uh, which is tied for a season high for this team, came under pressure. He was 7 of 16 for 78 yards and a pick on those 16 attempts. Yeah, and I also, so I think also, like, with with that, you know, people think, you know, like, oftentimes a quarterback, he, you know, he has a propensity to hold the football for a long time, and I just felt like he was doing a really quality job of getting the ball out in the timing of the concept. Now, maybe they could have called some quicker stuff. Maybe they could have helped from that standpoint. But in terms of the concept that was called, like, he's doing everything he can to get that ball out when he needs to. We talked about the, the anticipation and things like that. So – I think he deserves a lot of credit. Now, that being said, it's important to remember that one of the worst plays of the game was taken off the board by that penalty, right? That sack right. fumble. Right. And the complexion of this game, maybe we're talking about him a little bit differently, but he locks out there and is able to kind of get away with one, in my opinion, that you know would have changed the complexion of the game for sure. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and it's an unfortunate reality that I think sometimes his field awareness isn't great. Um, yeah. and he gets away with it there. And I think sometimes that shows up in, in passing situations. And, um, I do think sometimes as he's running around, feel the ball feels a little careless. Um, and, and he can do a better job of, you know, concentrating on that ball security down in and down out.